So from time to time, <clears throat> certain groups and artists decide to break out of their genre, out of what they, they normally do, and do something completely different. And every now and then, it really works. And what comes out of that experiment is something timeless, and classic, and, and wonderful. In this episode, I want to explore five records that you really need to listen to. And they're all records by artists who have done something unusual and different. They've broken out of what they're recognized as normally doing. And in doing so, have created just some of the greatest music that I know of. This is The Eclectic Monk. Glad you're here. I love Journey. I, I'm not ashamed to say that I I love that band. I love every iteration of it, from their early uh, fusion jazz rock stuff that nobody but me and a handful of other people have ever actually listened to, to their mainstream rock and roll with uh, Steve Perry's amazing vocals uh, to their later almost kind of polished top 40 stuff uh, before Steve Perry left the band and and it kind of fell apart. I even love the story of, you know, them getting the, the kid from the Philippines who sounds like Steve Perry. I mean, I just love Journey and, and I've been a, a huge fan of the band since I discovered them back in uh, around 1980. So, again, just a fantastic group, and, and you can't say enough about uh, how timeless they are. Um, I know that you know, there was a time it wasn't cool to uh, to be Journey fans, but uh, I always was. I, I saw them live twice in Atlanta, once uh, when Greg Raleigh, the, the founding keyboardist and vocalist of the band, uh, was still with them, and then uh, the second time, uh, during the escape tour, uh, after uh, Greg had left and Jonathan Kane from the Babies had taken over uh, on piano, uh, boy, that night was something special. We were actually on the Omni. We were down on the floor. We were like you know twenty rows from the stage. We were right there. It was it was just an incredible night that uh, I'll never forget. Um, so their music to me is just 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 really fantastic. But I remember in 1980, um, they came out with an album that, that I didn't buy when it came out because it was actually a movie soundtrack. It's an album called Dream After Dream. And um, I remember thinking, boy, that's a dumb thing for Journey to do, to turn out a soundtrack album. It had no hits on it. You know, it, it didn't get any airplay on the radio. It was just this weird record that was out there, and uh, I, I never, I never listened to it. Um, after I had began rebuilding my vinyl collection several years ago, I was at a record store and I found a copy of it for like ten dollars, and, and I said, "Boy, I, I might as well buy that because I love Journey." And you know, being older now, I'm kind of curious to see what that that music's all about. And I'll never forget, I brought it home and I put it on, and I was absolutely blown away by how good that record was. I mean, it really is um, 
just an incredible listen. And it's different. Again, there's there's no big sweeping, you know, pounding uh, rock ballads on it. it. It's it's very instrumental. Most of the album is instrumental. Uh, there are a few uh, songs that have vocals on them, um, but it's it's completely unique in Journey's music history. And uh, released in 1980, it was actually the last studio recording that Greg Raleigh was a part of. Uh, he, he left the band shortly after that. Uh, basically, he said, you know, I've been on the road since uh, the late 60s, and I really want to spend time with my kids and watch them grow up. And uh, even though the band at that point was at its highest point, they were just major stars filling arenas all over the world. Uh, he decided that he had had enough, and uh, he walked away. And And I respect him for that. But when you go back and you listen to this record, dream after dream, uh, what you'll find is that these guys were incredible musicians. And not only that, they were really, really incredible artists because they, they wrote this music and, and you listen to it and you realize just how musically gifted they were. If all you know of Journey is don't stop believing and, uh, you know, lights and wheel in the sky, if that's all your context is for this band, you have really missed out on how incredibly talented this group of guys was. And uh, so I would just highly, highly recommend that you go out or download, or however you get your music, I would go buy the album. You can find it on Discogs probably for six bucks. You should get this record, uh, Dream After Dream by Journey. It's the soundtrack of what was apparently a terrible Japanese movie, never released in America. Uh, and, you know, when the one of the track listings is titled The Rape, you know this has got to be an interesting movie. I, I would like to just see it just out of curiosity, but I've never been able to find it. Uh, but the music remains, and the music is what matters. And so I would certainly uh, encourage you to go out and get this and listen to it. And I think you'll be as amazed and as, uh, as, as glad as I was when I first put that record on my turntable and listened to it after all of those years I had gone by. So the number one, or number five, number five on my list of genre-breaking albums uh, is Journey's Dream After Dream. Number four, the, uh, another great record, it's by The Birds. Uh, the Birds, of course, were this very, you know, psychedelic folk group from the late 60s that uh, really, you know, capitalized on Bob Dylan's writing. They would take these great Dylan songs and chop them down into three verses, uh, do a great uh, pop folk version of it, you know, Mr. Tambourine Man and, and these things, and, and had huge hits with them. And then in 1968, uh, they were kind of in transition. David Crosby had been kicked out of the group, who would form, go on to course form Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, and they were kind of... Uh, trying to find their new sound or their next thing. And they brought in this guy named Graham Parson. Now, if you know anything about uh, 60s and 70s music, uh, Graham Parson is one of those um, 
interesting characters who, who kind of floated through, died young in mysterious circumstances, and uh, is, is just quite a story on his own, and I, I might do that one someday just to, to fill you in. But Graham was in love with country music. He loved country music. Turns out that Chris Hillman and Roger McGuinn of The Birds was all, were also really into country music. Uh, and again, it's 1968. And so they go into the studio and they record an album called Sweetheart of the Rodeo. And it is, to me, uh, just one of the greatest country folk records ever made. It's Every track is just so simple. It's stripped down. It's it's not what you would expect from a Birds album. Now, I can imagine in 68 when people went and bought this record and played it that they stood there and stared at their record player and wondered what they were listening to because this was not, you know, Eight Miles High. This was not um, the Mr. Tambourine Man. This was not the, the sweeping psychedelic folk hits that the Birds had put out. But what it is is this incredible snapshot this moment when folk and pop and country music were all beginning to meld. And you can see out of this moment, uh, there were going to be all of these great bands that are going to come forth from, you know, uh, Poco and the Eagles and, and, and so many others are going to emerge from this fusion of country and pop music. It's really, really a cool record. And, um, Maybe you love country music. If you do, you will love this record. Maybe you hate country music. If you do, I think you'll still like this record. You should at least listen to it uh, and give it a try because it's it's really unique and it's just such a departure from what the birds were were doing uh, before late 1968 when this album was released. So it's definitely definitely worth listening to. Now, out of that same movement, out of that country folk music movement uh, in the late 60s, there, there came this, um, this singer uh, out of uh, Arizona. Uh, she moved to California to uh, work with the Stone Ponies. Of course, I'm talking about Linda Ronstadt. And Linda Ronstadt, to me, is just maybe the greatest female vocalist of all time. And, you know, uh, you could probably argue that there are some others that... Uh, that you like better, but uh, for sheer volume of hit music, of influence in uh, the music scene from the late 60s through the 70s, you'd be hard-pressed to find another female artist who had the impact that Linda Ronstadt had, and certainly be hard-pressed to find anyone who had the voice that Linda Ronstadt had, because she just was this incredible, powerful, and yet sensitive, basically untrained vocalist who came along and uh, could just, you know, rock them out and then tear your heart out with these you know, sad, sad country songs. Nobody did Patsy Cline like Linda Ronstadt. She was just, just incredible. Um, and again, another artist who probably deserves an entire podcast and I'll probably put one together because uh, I, I just love her and love her music and, and uh, she did some things along the way that really have made a difference that most people aren't even aware of so you can look for that one someday in the future 
But what I want to talk about today is an album that she put out in 1983. Uh, it was an album called What's New. And she she stepped away from this incredible uh, country rock pop sound. And she did uh, an album of American standards with a great orchestral uh, and cinematic uh, producer and, and conductor, Nelson Riddle. And... It is just is just an incredible album, and and you know, for for those of you who think that American standard music, you know, the, you know Sinatra and uh, and Nat King Cole and 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 all those guys is boring music, you just haven't listened to it. Uh, it is it is some of the most wonderful, beautiful music uh, that's out there. Uh, you know the Gershwins and Cole Porter and and all these these wonderful writers from the the twenties, thirties, and forties. You, you need to listen to this music, and her reinterpretation uh, with that incredible voice of those beautiful uh, standard ballads is just is just incredible. And and it was just such a neat thing that she could take that talent that she had and slip out of it and step into this whole new field, this whole new world. Is actually, What's New was the first of three albums that she put out uh, of that same genre before she did one of Mexican folk music and, and some other things. Uh, and But this is a record that you need to listen to. It, it's one that I love to put on. Uh, if I'm tired, if I'm just trying to relax and chill, this is an album that will always just kind of help you just settle in and, and have a nice evening. So... What's New by Linda Ronstadt, released in 1983 uh, with Nelson Riddle, uh, you know, behind the band. Just an incredible record. And that is uh, the number three genre-breaking album that you absolutely need to have in your collection. Now, I'd like to say that Linda Ronstadt was, uh, was unique and, and original when she came out with Watson U, this, this wonderful record of American standard music. Uh, but she wasn't. Actually, uh, the, the person who I think did it first and probably did it the very best was Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, of course, you know, is, is the, the king of outlaw country. Uh, you know, came out, did the Redheaded Stranger, uh, wrote so many country classics from the late 50s through the 60s and into the 70s, uh, where he turned country music upside down. And then in 1978, he goes into the studio uh, with Booker T, uh, from Booker T and the MGs being his producer, and he laid down in 10 days an album called Stardust. Uh, which was an album of American standards uh, with his incredible guitar work and his, his voice. And it's, it's one of the most laid back uh, and just enjoyable albums I think ever recorded. Uh, of course, the, the record companies were all, you know, thinking, you know, Willie, you've lost your mind. What are you doing? Uh, and then they put it out. He had four top 10 hits uh, it stays on the charts for 10 years uh, and turned into probably his biggest selling album of all time. 
And if you've never listened to it, uh, you you got to get this record, Stardust by Willie Nelson. Um, his version of Georgia on My Mind, which, of course, uh, is a great old standard that Ray Charles had a great version of, um, is is just beautiful. Um, you know, Moonlight in Vermont, great album, you know, great song. Stardust itself, of course, I'm I'm partial to Nat King Cole's version of Stardust, but Willie's is a, is a really close number two. Every song that he chose on this album is is lush and beautiful, and his interpretation has such warmth and has such appealing nature to it. Uh, that, you know, this is one of those records that you can kind of listen to over and over and over again. Um, And it it probably has a special place in my heart because it was like one of the three eight tracks my dad had in his car. And we'd go on these road trips when I was a teenager. And, uh, you know, we'd listen to Willie Nelson's Stardust over and over and over again. Uh, but it never got old. Even as a kid, even when I was, you know, 15 years old, I, I loved this record. And uh, now, someone who's much, much older than that, I, I not only love it, but I, I deeply appreciate the sentiment and the feeling and, and the energy uh, that Willie Nelson put into this record. And uh, so if you're, you know, building your vinyl collection... I cannot suggest enough that you go and you find yourself a copy of Willie Nelson's Stardust. Uh, or, you know, if you're you know, listening to Alexis or whatever, just listen to it. This is a record that you are absolutely going to love. And, uh, and you, need, you need to have this in your collection. So do that. So. Five genre-breaking albums. Uh, number five, Journey, Dream After Dream. Number four, The Birds, Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Number three, Linda Ronstadt's What's New. Number two, Willie Nelson's Stardust, which brings us to the number one genre-breaking album uh, of all time. Uh, and it's actually two albums because it's volume one and volume two. And uh, you may... Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't guessed, but I'm talking about the the wonderful Ray Charles and his modern sounds, country and western. Uh, Ray Charles in 1963 comes out uh, with the first volume of modern sounds in country and western, and he takes these great popular country songs of the time from from writers of, of various kinds. And he does what only Ray Charles could do. Uh, he, he comes and he lays down uh, these incredible bluesy R&B tracks uh, with these incredibly sad and, and, uh, and heart-rending lyrics. Um, my favorite song on, on that record, the first one, of course, is uh, You Don't Know Me. What, what a... Just listen to that song. Just go to wherever you listen to songs. Go to YouTube. Go someplace. Ray Charles, You Don't Know Me. You need to listen to this song because the way Ray does it will just twist your heart out of your chest. Uh, and, and you realize these are all songs that are being played on AM country music stations 
there in the late 50s and 60s. And uh, when Ray Charles grabbed hold of them, he took them to a whole new level. And what I think it really does is it shows just how good the country music writers were. The, the lyrics that they were putting out were, are some of the most beautiful and, 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 you know, thoughtful, heartfelt lyrics that have ever been produced. And so many people just write it off because they don't like the twang. They don't like the steel guitars. They don't like the, you know, the sound of the country music. And so they've missed the depth of heart and feeling that these people have, have put into these songs. If, if you're like me and you love country music, then you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And what Ray Charles does is he takes this incredible body of work that's sitting out there uh, in, in far-right white America on those AM country stations, and he turns it into something that everybody is listening to. That is an incredible moment in music when an artist of Ray Charles Caliper, who is, you know, I mean, the, the king of R&B at this point, uh, is, you know, just um, acclaimed worldwide as one of the greatest vocalists and interpreters of blues and, and, and rhythm and blues music takes these country songs. People say, why are you listening to country songs? And Ray said, because I like the stories. I like the stories. And he takes them and he makes them accessible to a whole new audience. And he takes that entire genre of music to a whole new level. Uh, volume one and volume two, both incredible records. I, I own both of them. Uh, when I'm going to you know, if I'm in a Ray Charles mood, those are generally the first records that I pull out because they're just so well done. And I'm telling you, if you don't have at least one of them, it doesn't matter which one. If you find volume two before you find volume one, get it because that is a great record. It's got, you know, You Are My Sunshine, just a great, great version of that song. You need these albums. You need both of them. And you can sit down and again, Records that you will listen to over and over and over again. I just find them uh, incredibly appealing and incredibly wonderful. So um, those are my five albums, uh, genre-breaking albums, that I think everybody who's into record collecting uh, and loves music needs to be listening to. So... I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, tell me what you think. If you've got some genre-breaking albums that you think are wonderful, uh, well, go ahead and, and uh, send those over to me. I'm, I'm open, man. I, I like music, and I like to learn new things and experience uh, new sounds. So uh, you tell me, what is your favorite genre-breaking recording of all time? Well, until we meet again, uh, enjoy the journey. The journey is what it's all about. And uh, fellow travelers, I've enjoyed this time together. Keep listening to the greatest music that's ever been recorded. Till we meet again, have a great day, and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Eclectic Monk. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, I appreciate it if you would like it on whatever uh, site you're listening to. 
and go ahead and subscribe and review the podcast. That would really help me out. Uh, those of you who are interested in knowing more about uh, me and what's going on in my world, check out theeclecticmonk.com and you can get a little bit more insight and see some more content and figure out where we're going with this thing. Uh, and until the next time we gather together, safe travels. God bless.